Welcome to Vino 101, episode 24, Avoiding Heat Damaged Wine. Welcome, wine lovers. I'm Bill. Hey, I'm Al. We're going to talk about some, uh, gee, how not to take care of your wine and how to take care of your wine today. <laughs> That's for sure. That's for sure. So, Al, you should probably uh, tell folks um, sort of what the experiment was here. We actually did a little experimentation. It was a little experiment. That's right. And it was not fair. And it wasn't super, super scientific, I guess, is what I should say. But um, well, about as scientific as most of us are. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. It's true, man. Yeah, we we did. A, it was a, it was a rookie's uh, experiment with wine. Yeah. And you know, we always hear you can read these blogs and you can read um, um, just blogs, but anything you hear about wine and people are always talking about. Gosh, you got to protect it from the heat, and boy, if it gets hot, it's just that's the end of the world, and I just thought maybe we should just see what happens. Right, right. Because, you know, a lot of times you think that stuff's sort of like, well, whatever. Wine will be fine. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's only going to be in the in the trunk for, you know, just a little bit. I'm going to run into the store here, run into there. What's the right. big deal? Right. right. It's really not a big deal, I don't yeah. think. But well, we're going to find out. No, no weather, say 90 degrees, that might matter. Yeah, depending on where you are. Yeah. So, um, actually, heat is the enemy of wine, and that's really what the, what the podcast is going to yeah. be about. Yeah. So what we did was we picked a couple of really fine bottles of wine that we're familiar with. And the wine in question, or the wine that we use as our guinea pig, is the Louis M. Martini Cabernet Sauvignon. It's a Sonoma County wine, and it's the vintage 2011. And what I did was I purchased uh, actually more than two bottles. I purchased a few here and there just so we could drink them and get a baseline and find out what they're like. And actually, it's an excellent bottle of wine. You can pick it up still out there in the market for anywhere from 12 to, say, 13 14 bucks a bottle. I think you can get it at Costco for, like, 12 maybe. I thought it was, a for the price point, I thought it was a dynamite wine, personally. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really, on a, on a lot of fronts. Yeah. And we'll talk about it in a minute. Yeah, it's, it's a good bottle. So what I did was I kept one bottle in fairly decent, uh, a good place in the house where it's nice and cool. It was dark vibration-free, all those things you look for. And I put one bottle in the trunk of my car. And I left it in the trunk of my car for about two and a half months. So it got uh, the heat during the day, and uh, it got the cool during the night. Yeah. And it suffered some pretty yeah, it pretty was, terrific yeah. heat. Um, it, it, it suffered some heat exposure uh, yeah lots of heat exposure and uh, the up and down the temperature fluctuations must have been pretty pretty grand because even just here just outside of the trunk you know in our zone it could be 40 at night yeah and it could be It'd be 80, 90, 80, 90, 80 90 100 day. in the day yeah so um that's the that's not so good for wine <laughs> that's not that's so good fun. for wine so um, how do we uh, how do we start talking about this about what happened? You want to just dive right into yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. So I, you know, so you know, so the uh, the first thing for me was the cork, and we took the foil off. You could um, you could definitely tell the wine that had been in the trunk because the cork um, was sort of bubbling almost. It kind of looked like it had. Oh, you mean it was pushed the, up out of the pushed up out of the top, yeah. and it it just it didn't look like it was supposed to look. Yeah, the, the cork was definitely, uh, it was under stress. You could see it. And the capsule was still on, but it was bulging. It was You could see the cork yeah. was just pushing the capsule up. And I don't, we for the life it. of me, I don't even know how it held. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, 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 it's just amazing that, that it actually held. And we had a hot summer here, too. So, I mean, we actually had summer here, which, you know, it, it got warm. Oh, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, you, you commute into an area that's warmer yep. during the day, plus, you know, the vibration. So, you know, like you said, you know, surprising it stayed in bottle yeah. is sort of true. And it was, it was in the trunk from, uh, I put it in April 28th is when I actually put it in the yeah. trunk. And I took it out about three months later. So it was in the trunk for quite yeah. a while. Um, the I mean, one thing that I noticed right off the top when we pulled both of the corks was the one cork, the cork from the heat damage bottle was very, very, it was much darker in color, yep. you know, from top to bottom. And you could also see, um, with the, with the newer bottle, you could see if we should probably post this. Picture. Yeah, we'll, po- look, we'll post a picture. If you look real closely, you could see where the cork is tainted by the color of the wine on the new you know, on the bottle that was stored properly. And on the other bottle, you can see where the, the wine is, it's further up the cork, the coloration, and you can see it even going up the sides. Yeah. So Almost, you know, like the cork was absorbing the wine. Yeah. Or it's, it's, it's absorbing something out of the bottle. Yeah, really, sure. really interesting. So that's kind of like a little telltale that uh, things weren't awry. That was the first little hint. Yep. Uh, when we poured them and we tried them, you know, and, and f- first of all, I'll say I really expected the wine to be undrinkable. Yeah, I, I I was I was stunned at how yeah. well the wine held up, which yeah. is a testament to the quality of the wine. Really. Yeah, it was. I mean, you could tell that it was it had suffered, but it yeah. was a, it was definitely drinkable yeah. and it was actually pleasurable. In, yeah, in, I mean, in it's, a number of ways. It, you know, um, I mean, we were just both of us were really surprised. It was yeah, stupefying at some level that that it held up that well under the conditions that it was in. Because you read sometimes, if you read these wine books or you read these blogs, they always say, oh, gosh, if your wine has been subjected to temperatures, you know, over 90 degrees for more than a few hours, the wine is toast, it's done. Apparently this, not. This, yeah, well, this this particular wine <laughs> so was not done. Apparently not. not. Done. Now, you could th- tell it was. It, it was, was definitely different. Yeah. And it was definitely yeah. affected by it. But it wasn't undrinkable. Yeah. It and, just, it, and it had the characteristics of a wine that was sort of end of, it, end of its time. So did did you bring your your notes with you? I have my notes. Okay, yeah, yeah. excellent, I have my excellent. Notes. So I'll talk about uh, what I found about the wine first. So the first wine, uh, the wine that was not heat damaged and left in the trunk. What I got, um, the color was just a you know a dark garnet color. Um, right. The nose, the flavor is what we're more concerned with here. Actually, the color of both of the wines was, I couldn't tell the difference between the two. They, they the color difference wasn't. That big of a thing. It was there, but not. It again. It was very subtle. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't something that was like, wow, that's the wine. That, um, and it might have been maybe just a hair, just a hair lighter yep, on the edge. It, it was a lot, a lot, like held up against a white light. Yeah. Um, you could definitely see that it was a little bit lighter, but not. You know, uh, if that if that was the only bottle you had, you wouldn't be, know. There'd be no way. You there'd wouldn't be, be able no to way tell. To know. Yeah. So I got uh, black fruit um, when I tasted the wine. Uh, cassis. It was full-bodied, uh, very round, smooth tannins. I mean, it's a delicious bottle of wine, yep. and medium tannins, a good finish all the way it's, through. I really enjoyed the wine. Uh, I really liked the. I went out and got some, so yeah. it, it was a really nice. That's a, a good sign. It's well, it's an awesome bottle for the um, for the for the price point. So, um, and you know, same with me. Um, you know, sort of, I you know, a little blackberry and cherry on the nose, um, and then. Um, 
I got some herb, herbaceous sort of smell. Um, and their tasting notes actually say sage, so I don't know. That's what the winery actually says. So this is sort of the, the bottle that, that um, um, you know, the, the, the one that was not tortured, if you will. And then, um, you know, a really nice you know, sort of balanced finish. So oftentimes when, at least for me, wine wines that are sort of in that price point, you can tell that the finish isn't sort of as balanced or as strong. I didn't find that here. I, okay. It was sort of sort of a complete, um, very well balanced throughout. Now, the one thing I did notice on the wine that had been in the trunk is that it I did get sort of that raisiny kind of profile off of it when I first took a right right after we poured it. Yeah, which is something that's a, a pruny raisin sort of like smell, like that's over your, over ripeness. That's your hint right and, there. And but it sort of dissipated. It sort of dissipated. Um, like the second time I tasted and smelled, I didn't get as much of that. Um, it was really interesting. Well, you know what I wonder? I wonder if, you know, I, the, the bottle, I like that tortured bottle. Yeah. Tortured bottle. It was tortured. That. It was tortured. Okay. It was. That was really good. So the tortured bottle, when I pulled it out of the trunk, it actually sat in good conditions probably for at least a month, month and a half. So oh. it had time to kind of like rebalance or something. Maybe and I, think, I don't. And it'd that be happen? interesting to tell like if, if I had just like tried it maybe a few days after pulling it out of the trunk what the difference would have been. I, but there's no way to know for sure. But yeah. well, another experiment we can run. But but yeah. nonetheless, I you know we should do it with another producer because the martinis will probably write us or something. Well, that's okay. I you know <laughs> I don't. I, I hey I. I think the martinis have nothing to um, be ashamed of here. I mean, it, that, bottle, that bottle freaking held up through yeah. some pretty, you know, beyond what would get shipped, you know, in a container on the top deck in the middle of summer, you exactly. know, across the Atlantic, right? Exactly. You know? I it, think wines uh, can get treated at worse, and they probably yeah. have been. Yeah. Uh, so what I, what I got out of the wine, the tortured bottle was definitely a less pronounced uh, fruit on the nose um you got the cassis and everything but everything was everything muted just, just yeah like, everything was ratcheted and, down like two or three and, and very evident it was a very uh it was a yeah, that sort of dissipation in the flavor and uh you know the all the characteristics of the wine were very noticeable was sort of just like there was if you were drinking it you would probably say oh the wine is old or there was just something there that was like ah it's just like it, it, you could just tell there was something there. Like if you didn't know, yeah, and you you know, especially if you're familiar something with that missing, bottle, you mean yeah, right, yeah. right, yeah. So I what I and and on after that, what really came out, and actually the first thing I noticed was caramel, which is that burnt sugar, yeah, and that is just a giveaway of a cooked wine. You get that that caramel, caramel, mm-hmm. you get that burnt sugar, and then the fruits were like they were like stewed fruits, like. Prune, it's true. Prune I got kinda. like prune, yeah. prune, prune yeah. smell, prune taste. Yeah, the just, acids were low, yeah. very light tannins. The wine just wasn't vibrant. It was it was flat. For like, it was right. it was it just didn't have that. It didn't have that freshness yeah. that the other bottle had. Well, wine's sort of a living thing, right? Yeah. Um, and you could kind of tell that this was either, of course, close to the end of its life or pretty much done. But I, I mean, tell you, I tell you what, I'll maintain that if you didn't have. The bottle that yeah, wasn't tortured as a yeah. reference, we certainly you would know. just think, oh, okay, well, it's just not that 
and you if know, you it's were, just not that great of a, of, you know, it's just just not my bag, right? That wine, but having them side by side, totally tell. You could tell the difference. The, the other thing I'd say, if you if you had if you had had the tortured wine with meal with a meal or some type of food, you probably wouldn't even notice. <laughs> yeah, you at all, even, you wouldn't have noticed at all. Especially if you had it with like some uh, barbecued meats or something, it, it would a, go really good. Yeah. Because actually, the wine drank pretty well. It did. So it, did. it was. It I was. Mean, I was. It was actually very shocking how well. The, the wine, the tortured wine, uh, tasted. I mean, it was just, uh, I was not, own. yeah, by itself. It was, I was not expecting, I, I was expecting something a lot more drastic, you know, in terms of it, you know. Yeah. Well, as you said, like, it wasn't, wouldn't be drinkable, but that wasn't the case at all. No. Um, and, you know, uh, surprising it, you know, like the cork stayed in the bottle, it didn't, you know, it didn't completely blow up. So, I guess what we should talk about is, how do you avoid this? How yeah, so do you how avoid do you, having getting wine that's that's been tortured? Right. Well, what, what do you do? Yeah. So that, as a consumer, what do you do? Right. And then you know. So what about all of the? You know, is it true that if it gets jostled and you know if it gets heat on it, like is that you know is it really going to be horrible, bad? Because I mean, there are people who are sort of on this extreme of you know, you know, don't jostle the wine. It's got to be at the bright, consistent temperature the whole time. So we should probably talk a little bit about that as well. Well, let's handle the jostled wine thing first, because I think that is legitimate. Hence the movie Bottle Shock. Right. Yeah, right. Right. You know? Right. So, um, people, a lot of people, I don't know, I, I don't do it very often, but every once in a while I might order wine online, and it might come back from New Jersey or something, typically. Well, it travels three or four days, and it gets moved around quite a bit. And I would, I would say that what you should do is, if if you are ordering wine and it's traveling long distances like that, you should definitely give the wine a break. When it resists the temptation to open it up right when you get it, yeah. just go ahead, find down. a nice dark place in the house, a nice cool spot, and just let it hang out for a let week it, or two. Lay it down and just let it let it be. Yeah, it's going to show a lot better. I mean, you can drink it. I can remember back in the days when I was in the wholesale, we'd get a cargo container in, and it'd roll up in the back, and our <laughs> boss would be up on top of the container popping bottles. It's like, man, it just showed up. Case this. Yeah. But that's, uh, you know, yeah. that's not, that's definitely not showing the wine at its best. Right. So uh, we already kind of talked about what uh, a heat-damaged wine looks like. If you're looking at the bottle, you can see kind the cork pushed you'll up. See, well, you know what? You'll notice uh, anomalies. So the cork, you know, the foil might be messed up. Um, I mean, if you look at a foil and it's spongy, you know, yeah. like the cork's out, that's a clue. Yeah. Um, if you get, if you go into a store and you pick up a bottle and it's warm, you know, that, that's kind of a clue as well. You know, or hot. I mean, not, you know, um, you know, red wine. Especially red wine and obviously white wine, but you know, red wine should be cool, kept in a cool place, and not a lot of light, right? Not a lot of light. White wine actually doesn't fare as well. Now, it would have been interesting to throw a bottle of Chardonnay or Riesling or something in the back of the trunk and see how that fared, because with white wine, white wine's a little bit more delicate. It doesn't have the um, the the back the backbone that red wines have, i.e., tannin. It doesn't have that to actually protect it as as well, and if we would have done that same thing, I suspect with the white wine, we definitely would have you noticed visually for sure, because white wines turn brown Browns. when they're exposed and you know and oxidized, oxidized, and red wines just turn yeah. 
they turn brown. Another bottle shock reference yeah. actually. Yeah. So um, one of the things I always like to, to think of if I'm going out to buy wine is there's a couple of tips. If I'm like, like say I'm going wine tasting or something like that, I, what I will do is I would take a cooler with ice packs. Because what's going to happen is when you're out, you're tasting with friends, you're going to go into a place, you'll taste a few wines, you'll buy a few wines, you'll bring them out to the car, you stick them in your trunk. Everybody does it. Yep. That's yep. what they do. Well, you can, put them in, you can put them in your trunk, but it's just warm. put them in a little cooler yeah. that has some ice packs maintain in it, and that you're temperature. all good. You'll maintain the temperature. Because as, as we noted, there's not a big difference. But there is a difference. So if you want the best of your wine, you want to kind of take care of it. you got to basically you have to treat your wines like you would treat your perishable groceries when you go to the grocery store. You know, you That's have a your, really good rule of thumb, actually. Yeah, you have your, your milk, your eggs, yeah. your whatever. You, know, you don't you stick don't want them to, in. Or you don't want to let it sit in the car. And you yeah. know, the longer you do that, it's obviously going to impact the, the product. Sure. And if you are going to stick it in your car, stick it in the passenger seat and yeah. turn on the AC yeah. and roll home. And that way... You're better off. Or if you're going to, you know, you could pick up, make the wine your last stop. You know, when you're yeah. going out and doing your errands, make the wine your last stop. And then, you know, it's not a, not in peril. Right. So what else, man? What about, so let's talk a little bit about wine storage. So I get this thing home, you know, um, I, I live in an apartment or a condo. I don't have a cellar. Um, where should I stick my wine? Well, let's talk about where you don't stick your wine. <laughs> like Up, on top of the fridge? On top of a, the fridge, not, a good, not a good place. <laughs> on top of the fridge is not good because, well, there's a couple of things. There's a vibration, which is, you know, one, it's just going to always be moving around. Yeah. And, it, and then it, there's yeah. the heat from the coils yep. that come up behind right. it. And it's always well, going to be subjected to yeah. that heat. And it's it's high. And, and it's up high you know, and I mean, heat rises. Is, I, you know, obvious as that is, it's still worth saying. And you you don't want that. You don't want uh, you don't want to store it like say above the stove or, or next to the stove. Yeah, it's kind of um, like your spices. The same yeah, thing. You know, I, you don't have your spices above the stove, and you know they're going to be done. Right. They'll be toasted. Right. And you, you're just gonna and and while the you know a lot like what happened to the tortured wine, you'll still get that flavor out of that spice, but it's going to be very muted. Yes. You know. You'll cook a recipe. It says use a teaspoon of this, and it's like I don't even, you know, use a teaspoon of garlic. I don't even taste garlic. Yeah, you know, because your garlic's been cooking, you sitting know, next to the stove. I visited my parents not too long ago. I was looking in their cupboards, and my mom doesn't cook as much as she used to. It's just, <laughs> but she's got. You know, we're all headed there. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, we're all headed there. She's got spices in that cabinet, right. man, and they've been, you know, been there you a while. At, you look at the dates and. I don't care if they're stored in the most ideal conditions. They're not designed no. to last no. that long. You know, when it's a rock <laughs> and it's really condensed, it's probably good to just get a new one. Yeah, let's, let's just let's get, a get a new fresh one. bottle. Yeah, just get a new one. Um, so, um, so what about, you know. So the, the places to store it, uh, aside from there, is yeah, and another place to not store your wine is you don't want to store it in, I mean. Next a to lot, a heater event. Um, Heaters, I just, uh, I, not near, near a window where it's going to be exposed to maybe sunlight, not, uh, not, ne- not near a boiler or a heater. Not in the office where it's warm. You know, yeah. I mean, there's just, you know, so, you know, again, light and heat are bad. You know, you don't want to put your wines in places that are going to be warmer um, and you want to cool, cool and, uh, um, you know, not a lot of light. 
Yeah, and, and most wines, to be fair, I think probably like 95% of the wines that are made and are out there for sale, they're meant to be consumed uh, they'll be, yeah, within no, the yeah. first year of right. their life. And, and the vast majority of them aren't even going to improve. So you know, it's not like you're going to be selling these wines for a long period of time. So this information is in general for just us regular people like us. But, I mean, if you're super-duper Mr. Wine Connoisseur Extraordinaire, none of this applies. You're well, going mean, to have – I mean, it yeah, does apply loosely, well, yeah. but you're going okay. to apply a much more stringent right. rules. And you're frankly, gonna, you know, if you're uh, – you know, if, if you're in that category, start looking for uh, um, a wine. Like if you live in an apartment something, you can get like those little wine fridges. Yeah. You know, where you can control the temperature and you can store your wines. They're not that expensive. And, you know, if you've got nice bottles, you can keep them in there. Exactly. You know, it's it's worth, frankly, if you're going to start collecting, it's worth investigating that stuff. Yeah. And not to get geeky, but the ideal temperature probably for storing wine, I think most experts say, is right around 55 degrees. Yeah. 55. Cellar temperature. 57, just right. And that's, when you walk into wineries, that's basically S- what you're running into yeah. when they're in the barrel room. Yeah. They're in the 50s. Yeah. And, you know, wine is subjected to its worst times when it leaves the winery, actually. Yeah. That's when it goes through all its trauma. Right. So, but, but, so I guess the main things are it's got to have a dark place. Um, it needs to be – we didn't talk about temperature as far as it being constant. That's probably the that's most another, important yeah. thing is it's got to have a nice constant temperature. And it's not enough that uh, – you typically want to store wines – below 70 degrees and that's what most people can do without having to buy a fancy right fancy wine some type fridge. of fridge or something else yeah um, so it's that constant temperature is really important if it goes up a few degrees if it goes up the air temperature goes up two or three four degrees that's no big deal because you have to remember the bottle itself has its own insulator yeah with the glass works as a, a perfect insulator that's why when you see those um, wine cabinets they'll have the bottle with the liquid and the thermometer goes inside the so, inside, yeah. so the, the air temperature can vary a little bit but you, you want to stay as constant as you can with the temperature and that's probably you know the light and the temperature consistency obviously not being hot right I mean yep. it's probably the two those are the two things you're gonna you know if you have to remember two things remember those two things you get the max out of your you know you're gonna get the the wine's gonna show the best yeah, if you maintain and, those two things. And coarse breed, so store your wine in a place that doesn't have a bunch of weird odors. Like uh, you don't want to store it, you know, next to your potatoes or down under your sink where you have your chemicals. Or you don't want to store it in your garage where you have a bunch of chemicals or gasoline or kerosene because the cork breathes. Right. And what about the bottle being up or down? So either on its side or standing up. Well, I'd like to talk about that a little bit also uh, with uh, as far as when you go in to buy – remind me to talk about retailers when you go in and buy with retailers. But conventional wisdom says you want to store the bottle on its side. Lay it down. Yeah. And the reason for that is cork it keeps out. the cork wet. Yep. Um, if the cork does dry out, the cork is the only thing that's actually protecting the wine from being exposed to the air. So that moistness will, in theory – well, actually, it does. It keeps that keeps it protects the wine. And the cork dries out. What happens to the cork? If the cork dries up, it shrivels up, and as it shrivels up, the whatever's inside can get out, and whatever's outside can get in. Yeah, so, so it's going to start to so, oxidize the yeah, wine, yeah. and it, it and it'll can, accelerate yeah. and it'll ruin the wine. Yep. Yeah. 
So that's that's not so good. Right. You don't so, want that. You know, it, it obviously it's not going to kill it if it's, you know, if it's up standing up for a couple of days, but you know, if you can lay your wines down, obviously, you know, it's yeah, it makes, the best. It's a, you know, it's the best way to, to store it. And again, you know, so, you know, if uh you know, we're going to do a um a holiday podcast and, you know, just something to keep in mind if you have wine picked out for the holiday, you know, get it into a place where the temperatures, you know, start, put it down now, lay it yeah. down, you know, uh, in other words, think ahead, you know, especially if you've got a nice bottle of wine and you're taking it somewhere and you, you know, you, you know, you kind of want to show off the wine, a good couple tips to remember. So what about retailers? Let's talk about retailers and, um, well, you know, it's, I, you know, I, I shop in so many different There's shops, big box stores, you walk in and all the wines are yeah. standing up. <laughs> Well, Probably you, been that way for a while. Dust on the bottle. Dust on the bottles. Well, the dust on the bottles is never really a good thing, but it depends. Like I say, if you if you go to a Costco to buy wine, and a lot of people go to Costco to buy wine. Actually, Costco does a pretty good job of protecting your product yeah. and taking good care of it, so, especially as far as the shipping. Yeah, they've They're got very diligent about ensuring that the wine is properly, yeah. even before it's brought to them, that Costco, it's taken care of. So as I understand it, the the local warehouse managers actually have some flexibility and and control in what they buy, um, and they also are enabled to use their network so they they can buy in volume. And you can find some pretty amazing wine deals there, um, you know, if you shop there. Um, and they do they do do a good job of of um, of you know. Um, you know, not only shipping, but storing the wine when it's there. The other thing I think you have that that's good about Costco is there's probably a lot of turnover. Yeah. So it's not going to be sitting on that floor for a long time. Yeah. They're moving the product. Yeah. Pretty and they're, and you know, their whole system is designed to, is to literally ro- move stuff out, turn that warehouse over. So, you know, it's, um, it's a good place to buy wine. Costco is a great place. It is a good place to buy wine, I think. And they do come up with some real diamonds in the rough there. Yeah. Every, I don't shop there very often, but when I go in, I'm like, wow. It can be I can't sh- believe they shocking. have that. Yeah, it can be shocking what you that. can find. Yeah. It's like, what? Yeah. So when you go to those small retailers and you're walking through the wine aisle and you see – and you're looking at all the bottles and they've got bottles lying down. they got bottles that are, are standing up. And then they have on the top shelf, which is where everyone knows all the good stuff is. Right. On the top shelf, they have the bottles, and they're right next, and they're and they have these lights that are just like blazing down on these <laughs> bottles. Do not buy those bottles. Yeah. Those bottles are just being just bombarded with 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 the light. Again, as we talked about, that light. they're they're getting heat from the light. They're in the highest place in the store, um, unless it's in a in the back room up on some, you know, in the back rafters up there. Right. Um, but you can, you know, there are, you know, grocery stores, there are retailers you can go into, you can clearly tell that they're taking care of their wine because yeah. the wine's laying down or they might have one bottle up and then there's, you know, uh, the rest of them are all laying down. If you find a bottle like that, that's up on the top shelf that you want to buy, go ask somebody to get you one from the back room exactly. uh, or, you know, is there a fresh case of this? And if the guy, if the guy or gal is like, what? It's just like, well, Hey, look, this thing's sitting out. It's warm. I don't want this bottle. Yeah. You know? And if they don't want to do that, don't buy wine from them. Exactly. Exactly. It's a really good point, Bill. And another thing, I guess, is if you're looking, you go to a retailer and a lot of times you walk like these fancy shops and you'll see, you know, we'll go down like Sausalito or wherever 
and they'll have a display of their wines and they'll have them in the front window, which in itself is really, really cool. But you got to think about where the sun is. Yeah. If the sun rolls over in the afternoon or in the morning, and it's, it, and it, and it, it's baking for three hours in the window, it bakes all of those wines. Yeah. You don't want to buy those either. You know, and I, I'm more often than not that that shopkeeper is not going to sell you that bottle of wine. Yeah, I mean that they're just they just figure that that wine's there. And a lot of times too, you go in there and find out that that bottle's filled with water. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, a, it's a dummy bottle. It's just a. It's just to get you in the store. Yeah. Um, and that's you know, and if that's the case, that's a good retailer to shop from. Um, that's for you know, sure. Especially you walk in and there are no bottles standing up; they're all down, and the place is cool. Um, you know, you walk in there on an eighty degree day and you're a little chilly. Somebody's thinking about their wine. Yeah, it's a good spot. Yeah, because ultimately it's going to come back to them. You know, they want they're looking for long term customers. Yeah, they're not yeah. looking for just to hit you once. And right. So that's the whole idea behind it. Yeah. So what else you got for me, man? I like this the questions. I'm I'm into it. Hit me with some more questions, man. Um, so you know, so one, is, so let's talk about gadgets a little bit. Um, so there there are uh, gadgets you can buy that you can uh, check the temperature of your wine, um, and they're actually not expensive. I think they're a little what infrared thermometers and stuff. Yeah, we um, got we got those. Uh, there's uh, there's the one that you stick in the bottle. I don't like those. I like the infrared one better. Yeah, that one's. Pretty and cool. so, what do you find? Are they are they is it worthwhile? You know, or is I, it a nice to have thing? I think it's. I think it's just a techie gadget. I don't think it's really something that you need. Uh, if you're going to, if you're going to drink your red wine, I'm, I'm a big proponent of drinking your wine at the right temperature. I'm kind of fortunate where I live because it's always pre- it's, it's pretty moderate. It doesn't get too crazy here, but if it if it is super warm, it's easy to store wine where you live. Yeah, very easy. If if it does, if it's a little warm, I just my biggest thing is you should serve wines, red wines, cooler than you would like them, so they have a chance to warm up versus hot. And you should serve cold wines, I mean uh, white wines, you know, just slightly cooler than that, maybe ten degrees cooler than that. And I just um, my thing is if I let's say I had a bottle of white wine that was on the counter in the fridge for twenty minutes is good for me. That's that's plenty cold yeah. for me. Other people would probably like it in a little bit longer. You know, it's a good thing to bring up since we're talking about wine temperature, or at least a part of this is about wine temperature, is that, you know, I think a lot of people think white wines are supposed to be cold, and that's not necessarily the case. Um, you know, 55 degrees for a white wine, and the, as I understand it, the reason is it's not going to bring out the profile of the wine. And I think we've talked about this on podcasts with white wine before, um, but that's something that I keep in mind. Yeah, it's just, you know, wine is supposed to be refreshing. So, I mean, obviously you wouldn't want to drink a white wine at 70 degrees. That wouldn't be very refreshing to me or anybody, I don't think. But you do want it to have a nice chill to it. And it's the same thing with red wine. I mean, most restaurants that I go into, they all serve the red wine too warm. All of them. Yeah. Because it just it's the temp of whatever it is in the restaurant. Yeah. And that's, for it's me, hard. For it's me hard. 70 degrees is just too... It's too warm for red wine. Yeah, for me, I, I like it to have a little cooler, a little, little chill on yeah. it. Well, it should, you know, and it should be. I mean, if you're going to a restaurant, you're paying, you know, you're paying a 50, 50 plus percent markup. You, you know, the thing should be cellar properly, especially if you're going to drop some serious cash on dinner. Um, yeah, I don't have a whole lot more. In, well, in this is good. This is going to be a, a. This was going to be a short one anyway, because we knew that we were going to. We we're just going to talk about this. Tortured wine. Yeah, it was. It was tortured. So, uh, so what are we going to do next? What's uh, what's yeah, so next what, on the? A um, couple things coming up next. So we're off to 
Anderson Valley uh, producer show. Um, Tuesday, November, I can't remember the date. Is it the twelfth? Yeah. Tuesday, November twelfth, and then uh, we're going to be doing a holiday a holiday wine podcast here that following week. So probably going to feature Anderson Valley wines, I bet. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna kind of do a um, um, sort of dual duty there. So talk a little bit about what we find at the show, and then pick out wines from the show that would go well with Thanksgiving. And of course, there'll be varietals there that'll go across whatever region that you're you're interested in. Yeah, there's going to be uh, lots of Chardonnay, I would imagine, Pinot Noir, some Gewurztraminer, Pinot Blanc. There's going to be... Uh, it should be a good, good show. There'll be um, some good stuff. And there. all of those things that you just mentioned would be great for Thanksgiving. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to a few days off, too. That'll be nice. Yeah, that'll be sweet. Yeah. That'll be sweet. All right. I think well, that's a wrap. Yeah. Thanks. Hey, everybody. We really appreciate... Um, the, co- the comments, we're getting a lot of comments Get the comments, lately. keep the Twitters rocking. Yeah, everyone is, um, it, it's great, uh, the following. Uh, people are actually listening. I, we, we, we appreciate it. If you have comments on the show or something you want us to do, please let us know. And everybody, if you get a chance, definitely check out. Um, we're going to have a few uh, guest posts coming up. Uh, I think one of the things we got to Yeah, we're busy. A lot of work. A lot of work. We better get to work. All well, right. thanks, everybody. Thanks. Appreciate you following. All righty. Cheers. Cheers.